<laughs> well, I was gonna, no, I was going to say, do you want to have a, a quick football catch-up, seeing as it's the uh, the group stage of the World Cup is finished and there's been plenty of highlights? Oh, um, yeah, I wish I, uh, I wish I'd kept tabs on um, who's got who. <laughs> well, we've got we've got Colombia. Um, yeah. So, we're so on, the, get on the face of it, on the face of it, we have a harder time now. But if we get past Colombia, we then get easier. To, hopefully, it's an easier draw after that. Because we, because all the other team, all the other favourites, apart from us, there's only us, Belgium and Spain, on our side of the draw. Whereas the other side's got seemingly everybody. Um, there's been some great stuff. Did you see after uh, the Mexico, uh, the South Korea Germany game, and then the Mexico? Who did Mexico yeah. play and they lost? Sweden. Was it Sweden? Uh, it would have been Sweden, wouldn't it? Yeah, three three nil Sweden. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Three 0 Yeah. So obviously, because South Korea beat Germany, that enables Mexico to go through. So did you see the Mexican fans go down to the South Korean consulate in Mexico? I I saw something. Like, I didn't see it, but I saw the title or link or whatever of them picking up some South Korean fan and dancing them through the street or whatever. Well, there was yeah, there was a fan. There was a fan outside the stadium at their game, so they got picked up. And you know what? You know, after somebody retires or somebody wins a league, they everyone gathers <laughs> and then throw them in the air repeatedly. Over and over. They did that with a South Korean fan, like giving and him in, the bumps. Yeah, they like give him the bumps. Yeah, and then in Mexico, a bunch of um, Mexican fans went down to the South Korean consulate, basically forced like this South Korean embassy minister to come out. Then they picked him up on their shoulders and. Per- <laughs> Paraded him around the streets while making him down shots of tequila, which I just thought was the best thing. Dude, football, it's the best. It's the best. The, the World Cup's an incredible thing. Like, it's an incredible it's like the Olymp- thing. I, I liken it to the Olympics, but where everybody actually gives a shit. Yeah, well, not. I think the same thing as the Olympics, too. Um, did I tell you my, uh, my Mo Farah story? Uh, no, Olympics. you haven't. So. Me and my wife were celebrating our anniversary one year, and we went to um, this sort of posh hotel in Manchester called the Midland. Shout out to the Midland! It would give me a free, free, uh, free plug there. Maybe a room for the night. That'd be good. And it was while the Olympics were on in London, and it was the night that Mo Farah was running the ten thousand. And we got back from a meal just as the race started, so we're sat on. This, we managed to find a seat, and then there was two weddings going on at the same time. And on one side of the room was like the whitest people I've ever seen. I mean, these people might have been bred in some kind of eugenics lab or something. It was pretty... <laughs> I mean, I was... I'm a white guy, but even I was a bit like, shit, a bit scared. On the other side of the room was an Indian wedding or a Pakistani wedding, one of the two. And I thought, oh, like, this doesn't look like a good recipe. All these white people come out into the foyer and then all these Indian people come out into the foyer. And I kind of thought oh shit like what's happening here because they all just kind of stood looking around and then one guy went is there a tv so i was like oh so everyone's like yeah the tv there tv there and all they wanted to do was watch mo farrow so as mo farrow's running that and it's presumptuous of me to think that why <laughs> these white people were just racists but it's kind of you know in that situation that was kind of what i thought it's, it's it generally like, implied yeah they all look like you know racist skinheads that's what they look like so as Mo Farah's hurtling down the final straight and he wins, the whole room just exploded. Everyone's cheering, everyone's hugging each other, everyone's throwing drinks in the air, and it was so cool. And I just thought, damn, man, this is sport. This is what sports can do. 
And the World Cup's the same. The World Cup's the same. There was clips of um, the Brazilian fans after they qualified. They took over an entire underground station. Where near their, and there must have been, honest to God, there must have been thousands of them in this underground station just having a party. They didn't even care about the train. They were just singing and dancing. Like the Senegal fans, the Panama fans, the the... I think I said last week about the Panama colour commentators crying during the National Anthem on TV. Oh, God, it's beautiful. It's just the best. It's been so good. It's, it's a great um, instigator of a sort of good-natured mischief. Like <laughs> like kidnapping a South Korean dignity just to make him drink tequila and party with you. Like taking over a, a bloody tube station. Like it's, it's never with any malice or any you know, intent to to cause harm or destruction or anything. It's just because people are so overwhelmed by by the glory of the sport. I know. Just the happiness and the joy that that it brings to these people. It's just it's just the best. And speaking of happiness and joy, well Germany are out of the World Cup. I mean <laughs> What what more could you want in our life? <laughs> what more could you want in our life? After they were my one of my uh, pre tournament favourites, they absolutely shit the bed. I cannot believe it. After that Sweden game, because we were watching the Germany Sweden game where Tony Cruz scores a winner oh, yeah. in like what ninety plus three or whatever it was. Yeah, something like that. That that just felt like such a ah, oh, that was the chance. That was the chance for the Jerry's to go out and um Yeah, just <laughs> the Jerry's the chain. <laughs> you were the you were playing for a role on the new dad's army. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a classical guy, Dan. I'm a classical guy. Yeah, of course, yeah. Born, born uh, in the wrong era. Um, yeah. Major. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it, it's ridiculous, but... Sorry. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm just so overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, yeah. I saw that weird stat that basically every single World Cup winner goes out in a group stage the, the next year, and I never realised that. Never no, put yeah, two and two either. together that it just happens all the time. Yeah, so uh, we should have should have expected it, really. I suppose, and just the way they went out as well, like Manuel Neuer playing like left wing, <laughs> like, and it was so hockey. They brought out the goalie. They like they wasn't they just but they just turned their goal into an extra attacker instead. And it was you know they conceded the empty netter in the last minute. It was so hockey. I loved it. <laughs> I, I find it um yeah when because I didn't watch the game when when my father-in-law told me like oh you know Noi came out blah 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 then son smacked into the back of the empty net I just thought yeah that's that's familiar that's comforting like this yeah. is the world's colliding because <laughs> the same thing happened in um, Senegal Poland because a player was off getting treatment a Senegal mm. player and as he ran onto the pitch the Poland player never saw him because he just came on from the sideline and he latched onto the through ball and scored. And I made the comment, it's, just, it's the same as a hockey player coming out of the penalty box and just no one thinks to pick him up. And it looked exactly the same. He just darts out, picks up the ball or the puck and scores. And I just kept thinking, okay, this is weird now. This is. I'll, I'll always maintain that hockey and football are like the two most similar sports across the Atlantic. Apart yeah, from you know, the MLS, obviously. but Well, no, that's the same as f- football, but League Two, maybe. <laughs> I was going to say League One, but... <laughs> League, League Two's fair enough, but but they've got Wazza now. They've got Wazza, so it's it's all fine. <sighs> yeah, I'm sure. Christ, his missus. I feel like have, his missus must have stayed here. I can't imagine because she, she doesn't want to go with him. She wouldn't go with him, would she? I thought I thought they split up because he was banging too many prozies. No, Are you. Crazy? I thought I thought he got his hair back. I was like, ah, oh, stuffy Colleen. I've got my hair now. Like I don't need you. 
He wouldn't dare leave her. Not after what happened to Ray Parler with his ex-missus. <laughs> what happened to Ray Parler? I, I feel like I should know this, but... All right, so Ray pa- the Romford Pele, as we all know. As, as, as we all know. We, we in the hockey community all know about the Romford Pele. About the Romford Pele. No, this is actually this was actually uh, this is actually interesting. Is that he divorced, got a divorce from his wife? Obviously, mm-hmm. she then said, "Well, you know, obviously I'm entitled to some of his earnings." But she made the case that she's entitled to some of his future earnings as well, and she won. <gasps> Mate, which is why, which is why, fucking, I guess all these players don't want to get divorced, even though they're banging around. Look at John Terry. He's got four kids. He's then banging his mates, like he's banging his teammates' misses, who's got a kid with him. And Pissing on the dance floor at nightclubs in Chelsea. Yeah, him and his missus didn't break up. Rooney, how many times has Rooney been caught shagging around? Four or five? And he's, he's not breaking up with his missus. Because she's like, and why would you? Why would she? She's smart. That's really smart. I, f- I feel like um, Rooney going to DC United is such an indictment of the lack of progress the MLS has made from from when Beckham first went over. Like you think yeah, Beckham goes point. over right, alright, it's the start of a new dawn for the MLS. We're going to be able to attract quality players, this, that, and the other, and then they get like Gerard and David Villas over there, and then Wayne Rooney. Like in his fucking grey tracksuit, trying to find a pub as soon as he gets to America just to watch the England games. Like, what has, what has happened? What has happened? <laughs> they need to. The only way they're going to do it is to is to do what China does, which is just offer such stupid money that players cannot turn it down. I thought I they mean, had a salary cap though. Oh, maybe they do. Yeah, I think they do, and they've got um, like homegrown player limitations Quota. and stuff. Ah, uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, that's the only, that's the only way they're going to do it. Is is like like China have done, which is pay players like Carlos Tevez six hundred and fifty grand a week to play with oh, Carlos Tevez of all players, six hundred and fifty grand a week. Well, oh mate, that's just bonkers. Absolutely bonkers. Those numbers don't even make sense, do they? What's I it? mean, oh god! Quick map. They just do. Uh, yeah, go on. I'm just going to quickly get the calculator up. I'm just looking. Oh, what was it? what's his cap here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is it front loaded? How much of that is sign- signing bonuses? <laughs> yeah. Is Tevez on cap friendly? <laughs> I hope he is. Emma, well, no. What is it? Chinese Super League friendly. Chinese Super League friendly. Six fifty times fifty two equals. I mean. It's only thirty-three point eight mil. <laughs> thirty-four million. Jesus, yeah. So Tevez's cap hit is thirty-four million a year. <laughs> yeah, but but what's his take home? It's probably only what twenty-one. Yeah. Barely, barely, barely worth it if you ask me. Yeah, barely worth. It's not even it's not even a blip on the radar, is it? No, drop 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 in the ocean. And and to be fair, there are probably minimal taxes for for him out there. Oh, with my, wait, with yeah. my vast we... knowledge of Chinese economics. Yeah, but I think it's it's so dodgy that they'd probably just waive all taxes or something for these megastar players to get them there. Like, if you come and sign for us, you'd have to pay any tax. Or something ridiculous. We'll yeah. just keep, you know, we'll tax the poor people even more or something. They can eat more, they can just, just eat right more rice, they'll be fine. It doesn't matter. We'll just, we'll just take it from the state, it's fine. Yeah. But I, I do feel like the Chinese Super League is just Russia too. And like, this whole, this phenomenon of 
some league somewhere around the world suddenly getting a massive cash injection and spending it on players slightly past their prime it's just going to sort of bounce around the globe like it's going to be playing Saudi Arabia next or something it's going to turn into I don't know the, the Nigerian league or something then I don't I know the bloody Irish China's, league or whatever like I think I feel like China's the first league though that's um, getting players that are not past their prime that are getting players around about their prime. Well, like Oscar's out there, isn't he? Yeah. And then, um, oh, who's that player with a good season? Pele from, you know, the one, uh, the Graziano Pele from Southampton. He went over uh, there when he was 26 or 27 or something. Oh, did he? Yeah. Because again, they just offered him such, he said, like, I have to sign this contract. I, why would I not? It was like, John Obi Mikel's out there and they've got decent players out there. Mm. Um, you know, um, Just, you know, Tevez isn't even the highest-paid paid player in that league. No, he's not, and I can't remember who is either. It's uh, it's Freddie Adu. He's on twenty-four million a week. Um, <laughs> he was Freddie Adu. <laughs> Freddie Adu. I want to, I want to get a Freddie Adu tattoo. To be honest, I want, to, I want to name my first, well, my first son, Freddie Adu. Freddie Adu. Freddie Adu. I feel, I feel like we mentioned Freddie Adu one in every four episodes. You got it though. He's a football manager legend. Anybody who's anybody who anybody of a certain age over a certain age who ever played football manager knows some of these players, like Freddie Adu or Carlos Vela, who was an Carlos Vela, Carlos Vela, mega star, mega star on my Celtic. Signed for three million from Arsenal reserves, and I sold him for seventy-eight million to Real Madrid because <laughs> he was unbelievable. <laughs> this is your bi-monthly Dan reminiscing about his Championship manager days. Dude, we all do though. Everyone does. Everyone of a certain age remembers this about championship manager games. I, I've got I've got friends, and I can do this. I've got friends who can still name their entire team that was their peak team from like two thousand and one or nineteen ninety nine or something. And it's not even like <laughs> like original players. It's just ridiculous. That's what that game does to you, though. Well, is it? I've I've in a similar vein. I've gotten to a point on one of my franchise modes on AHL eighteen. I um I decided to rip the Blackhawks apart and just sell cool. everyone off, get as much as I could. What'd you get, um, Kane and Taves? Oh, like an offensive amount. I think I traded Kane to um, Carolina, and I got like uh, Aho, Hannafin, a first and a second, and maybe another pick. No, Aho, Hannafin, Hayden, Flurry, a first and a second, Fucking which hell. was just uh, yeah, it was just ridiculous, and um. I went through so many different players. Like it's the only time I've had a really successful um, franchise mode. Like just picking up players on. Like I got Mark Giordano for a season, and he played at like an eighty-nine, and then dropped off, and I flipped him for a younger player. Blah blah blah. And it's just gotten to the point now where like my team's too deep, and I've got so many prospects coming in. <laughs> it's just fucking boring. <laughs> it's too good. Yeah, I've got like first liners playing on my third line. It's like I've I've built the team up properly, but now it's just like I've gone in and sold off all my draft picks for for players in the first season, and it's uh, it's a real shame. It's a real shame. So that's my my uh, my esports le- legacy. There you go. There you go. There's the uh, link into hockey. Then well. <laughs>
what would you want to start with this week, Dan? Because quite a bit's <sighs> happened. I know. Again. Um. Ah, oh Christ! I don't know. Tavares Hall of Fame. So uh, let's go Tavares. I, th- I feel like Tavares is the is the one to do. What do you? Uh, yeah, where do you reckon he's going to go? <sighs> I can see. I can genuinely. I could. I believe he's going to stay at the Islanders because I just don't think players of this caliber move. I just don't think it Ooh. happens in the modern game. I just don't. Mm. I guess that's just me being beaten down from sort of free agents not either either a free agent a, a pending free agent doesn't get to this point because he just they just get signed like oh my god next year there's these five guys they've only got one year left on their contract let's keep an eye on them and then within about a week they've all just signed for the same team and they're just staying anyway that's fine but this is like I feel like even Stamkos I feel like even Stamkos wasn't like this I feel like even Stamkos was more kind of yeah he's talking some teams but he'll be with the Lightning and it was just I don't know this one does feel a bit different to me. Like, I don't know why it feels different, but I do think he'll stay with Islanders. However, I can see there being the only team I think who are not in with a shout at all. And I don't want to obviously. I'm sorry to say this, Will. Is the Stars? I just mm-hmm. don't think that. I don't think they've got a shot. Um, I think it's interesting that he spoke to them and then he said he didn't want to talk to the Canadians. That was quite funny, and then. I think Vegas decided not to. Like, didn't Vegas decide just not to bother? I kind of I thought he had reduced his list himself, but I I don't know. Ah, uh, okay. Because okay. I don't Maybe, see I don't yeah. see why you wouldn't bother, like why you'd bow out yourself unless you had good intel that he wasn't interested. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But um, I, th- I think you're absolutely right saying it's it's different to Damkos because it really does have a, a completely different feel. Um, two year two year anniversary of him signing with the Lightning today, so that's yeah. uh, that's a nice little. Little callback, but um, yeah, like Stamkos, we never had this right. This is definitely who Stamkos is speaking to. Like this is like like we've had with with Tavares, where he's definitely speaking to the Stars, the Sharks, the Leafs, the Bruins, and Lightning. Shit, who am I forgetting? Leafs, Sharks, Stars, Bruins, Islanders, Lightning. They're the six. Yeah, I just can't count. Um. <laughs> And like this whole holding court of the CAA officers in LA, like we never had that with with Stamkos. Like that. It was, that was all, awesome. you know, cloak and dagger sort of whispers. Always probably talking to, definitely talking to the Leafs. Maybe he's talking to the Sharks. Maybe the Blues, sort of thing. And like yeah. we never, we we knew because everything gets out in this league, but we never knew categorically. Um, I think a, another interesting thing about this is like. Obviously, the team is completely different when you compare the the Islanders to the Lightning. Like, it, it realistically, there was never any reason for Stamkos to to leave, like no. the Lightning. Why why would you leave one of the best teams in the league, especially if they're you know with a wizard as the as the general manager who who gets the best right winger in the league to sign for four point two million for three years <laughs> and stuff like that? Like, there's no point yeah. leaving a, a well run successful franchise. Whereas with Tavares, like. You could, you could, you'd run out of fingers and toes counting the the reasons that he has to leave, really. Yeah, and um, did you hear the hear the quote that came out today? Yeah, but then did you hear that? Go on, you do the quote, and then I'll after that what happened after that. Oh, you you're gonna piss on the bonfire because I haven't heard what happened after. Yeah, but the, um, the quote is basically something along the lines of Tavares doesn't feel like he has the loyalty 
to, or, or owes anything to the current management, i.e. Lou Lamarero and Barry Trotz. He feels like he's made his promises to the people that aren't in the organisation anymore, yeah. which gave me some hope. But why why should I not be hopeful about that, Dan? Because essentially that that quote was from somebody who knew him and he hasn't actually come out and said that himself. Uh, it was okay. essentially it was essentially I mean yeah he could feel like this was how I then read an addendum <sighs> like two hours two hours after because that made me think oh fucking hell because yeah what he said what well allegedly what the quote was was that he doesn't feel he owes any allegiance to a new organization as in new as in like you say new GM new head coach well those people weren't there when he made these promises you know um I mean, unless unless he did say that, and then this person's reported it, and he's gone, fucking take that down. <laughs> and they go, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. And they've had to well, go they, back. This is it. They seem like whoever's can, whoever's pulling the ropes, whether it's Tavares himself or I'd imagine CAA, whoever his agent is there. Is it Paprison? Maybe it's Paprison. Or it might just be one of the only agents right. I can remember. Yeah. Yeah, he's a guy. Um, he's a man with whoever, a whoever's can, Yeah, he's definitely got a suit. He's probably that guy. But um, like they're very keeping it very very tight. Like you heard any any quote that's come from from GMs who've met with Tavares and his agents. I, I think of the Jim Neil one when I'm talking about this, where he basically said nothing. Said, "Oh, it was it was good to meet with Tavares. We're glad we had the opportunity," but in such a way that it didn't necessarily it didn't say, "Oh, we're glad we had the opportunity, but it didn't go as well," or "Oh, we're really glad we got to speak to John because we've just locked him up at four years for eight, like four million dollars for eight years or anything stupid like that." <laughs> yeah. So it's They're coming out of the meeting like, high in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like ah, we're a sucker. Um, but yeah, it seems like there's there's a tight lid on everything. So I don't know. You don't you don't necessarily believe any. Like all the quotes are vague enough that it's like, yeah, we're we're just not saying anything when we say anything. Yeah. Um going to the uh here's why I think you could go to one of the teams as well. Mm. Twenty team. Leafs, young team, got a lot of promise. There's a lot there. Well run, new GM, gonna have new fresh ideas, very exciting. Going to be, you know, they're looking at, you know, breaking this fucking. I mean, this team is now the team with the curse. Forget the caps; it's now the Leafs. Like the Leafs, every people, people. Which is funny to me is that I heard after the Caps won the cup was that the city with the longest streak now for not winning anything with I think it was three major sports franchises or something like that is Toronto. They're the new team who can't win the big one in and like any of the sports that they're in, which I thought was really interesting. And but it's that's kind of not been reported yet, and maybe this maybe the you know maybe the uh, you know Cal Dubas coming and everything maybe that's taken that away or something or, you know they go oh, it's a new guy let's give him a chance blah 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 but that's why he could go to the Leafs, the Sharks, the Sharks is basically location it's out in California it's beautiful you can go surfing it's nice it's the uh, is that one of the ones that's the uh, um, no, that's Tampa, isn't it? I was thinking about the state tax. There's no state tax there, but I think there is in San Jose. No, that's just Tampa and uh, Tampa and da- Dallas. Dallas, yeah. But anyway, state tax free. But yeah, but I mean, like Joe Thornton's been there forever. Marlowe was there forever. You know, people just want to stay there. It's like that kind of place where God, I can just live here forever. It's beautiful. And I, th- I mean, so that's that's location. And again, to be fair to the Sharks, a well-run team got to a cup final, got some great players. Why not Bruins? Bruins is weird 
because I was amazed that they were even in because I sent you a message on WhatsApp saying, well, okay, yeah, they, they're in for him. That's great, but how the fuck are they going to afford him? That, I don't understand. Mm. And then it turned, and then people are, this isn't official, but it's so, well, they're going to try and move Krejci and Bacchus. Well, that's great, but now you're going to get pennies on the dollar because if you sign Tavares, now these players aren't worth anything because now you've got to, you've got to move them. Um, do you maybe try and package in Bacchus and Krejci with draft picks? Do you care about your draft too much if you've now got John Tavares? Probably not. You probably forego the next, you probably forego the next draft as well. If you've got Tavares in your team, you probably don't really care that much. You can probably miss another year and not be worried too much. Um, but the brilliance to me, again, is the location, is that we hear all the time that players don't like moving. Well, at least it's close to where he lives now. He can, you know, It's still probably near a lot of his friends, a lot of his family. So, yeah, you're going from New York to Boston. Eh, it's not that far away, is it? You know, it's getting around the corner, basically, in America terms. Um, and then, like you said about the Lightning... An amazingly well-run team. You know, been to a cup final recently. Always, you know, always look like they can go have a good run in the play. I know last season that, you know, was a... But I think last season was an anomaly. Great young players. A GM who fucking knows exactly what he's doing. Couldn't get anything for anything. Seemingly, seemingly can steal all these players and just make things happen out of thin air. So would it amaze me if, if he... Uh, if Tavares went there? No, it wouldn't. Um... And then the Islanders, obviously, if he, if he signs to the Islanders, he gets three bagels for life. So, why why wouldn't what, he go there? One more could you ask for? <laughs> like, ask for? for? For me, I think the front runners absolutely have to be the Sharks. Like, I think he, I, th- I think it's likely that he's going to end up, end up with the Sharks because they're they're one of the few team. Well, they're the team that don't have to make any moves if they sign him. Yeah. The only thing that they'd have to subtract is is dollars off of Joe Thornton's contract, and I think you know either they let him go because he's going to be gone within the next couple of years anyway, or I'm sure Thornton's the type of guy that if they get Tavares, he'll be he'll take that Brad Richards deal. He'll take one year, one mil, two mil, whatever it is. Yeah, I want yeah. to win the cup. Here we go. Chuck me in on the third line. Let's smash it. Um, and and like you said, fantastic location. Um. Uh, the GM is fantastic as we've already seen this off season with Doug Wilson. He's he's a savvy guy. He can pull some savvy moves. Uh, there was something Very else. Savvy. There was something else, and I forget what it was. Oh yeah, the the anonymity level. Like, we've all seen that John Tavares isn't interested in interacting with the media. He doesn't want people hounding him no, in his locker yeah, every day after practice, yeah, after games, true. demanding you know. Why haven't you brought the cup back to Toronto yet? So well, leave it out, Steve Simmons. It's only November. Like, <laughs> in you know, in in San Jose, as we've seen, you can walk around the town as as one of the most famous athletes in the city with your shirt off, and <laughs> nobody bothers you apart from one weirdo sitting in his car. Like, yeah. what? What? Not that John Tavares is is quite the same as Joe Thornton, but like, I, th- I think that's the perfect storm for Tavares. There, they don't have to alter their team by signing him at all. Great players. They've got some really good young players. Like Thomas Hurt was still pretty young. Timo Meyer seems to be on on the up and up. Um, I think they've got some decent uh, D prospects, if I remember correctly. Like, yeah, I, I think it's got to be the Sharks. Because why would he stay with the Islanders? Well, I don't think he's he wouldn't drag it out this long to then just turn around. Like, like nothing is changing with the Islanders at this point. You know what I mean? Nothing new is coming out that's going to make him turn around and say, oh, well, now this has happened, I'm going to sign back in New York. Like, it's it's over as far as I'm concerned. 
I agree to a point, but I think I've been beaten down so much with this that I just mm. don't expect him to go anywhere. I just maybe I'm set, maybe I'm doing that thing where I just imagine the worst happening, which is boring, and he stays. And then when it, nothing, something else does happen, I'll you know I'll be excited or something. I don't know. Uh, well, th- this is what I'm doing with the Sharks because we all know the real answer is he's going to sign in Dallas. We're going to have a fantastic <laughs> top six, and we're just going to take the lead by storm for the next forty-five years, probably. Yeah, he might do. He might do. But then, like you say, I can, I can. Aside from the Sharks, yeah, maybe, yeah. I mean, I could see reasons why he wouldn't go to Toronto, why he wouldn't go to Boston, why he wouldn't go to Tampa even. Um, well, I don't know. I, I, I think I think the what? problem with those three, Toronto, Toronto, Boston and Tampa, is is exactly what I've been saying, the opposite of the Sharks. Like, if they sign Tavares, there will be casualties. You know, it may not be this year for the Leafs, for example. Like they're not going to have to get rid of anyone this year, but it's going to have to be in the next couple of years, and it's going to be somebody significant. Boston, like you already said, like yeah, David Krejci has his issues. David Backus has his issues, but if you've got David Backus playing on your third line, I'll, I'll be you know you'll be you'll struggle to find a better third line winger than David Backus really. No, um, and and one of them probably Backus because he has a has a bit of value compared to Krejci is going to be a casualty. And Tampa Bay, like that, that that's a Jenga game where you you're about seventy five moves in, and it's just teetering and teetering, and at some point it's just gonna fall. And and if you add in you know, a massive, unstable cinder block to the top of that, which Tavares would be, like it's just gonna fall apart at some point. So I think if you're sensible about it, which I I assume John Tavares is with his rumored seventy five page dossier for. For free agency, like yeah, I think he'd rule out those three straight away. Not straight away, but yeah. Um, oh, I was gonna say then. Damn it! I wonder if. Uh, yeah, I mean, God, I mean, going to Toronto is just uh, the other side of that, and like you like say about his anonymity is fucking Toronto's just. I mean, we we joke about we've joked about Montreal before being, you know, you can't do anything. You, I mean, Toronto must. I, Joking aside, Toronto must be even worse than that now. I mean, I just... You just like ask for trouble. Yeah, I mean, the more... Like I've said before, is um, doing this with you and you start to look at things outside of just your team and the game and, oh my God, my team lost, this is bullshit. You start looking at things a bit more analytically and, oh, why is this happening? Why is that happening? Going to Toronto would just be... I mean, Christ, can you... You know, just the pressure on him every single day to play in there... <laughs> It must be, you know. It must, I mean that. I mean that would put me off. That would put me off. Sure, going to Toronto, just that absolute microscope on you every single day. I think you have to be a special kind of personality to want that pressure. True. Oh, and, there's, and there's, you know, fucking there's Babcock as well, isn't there? I mean, <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ, Babcock's already got to go on holiday in inverted commas to Arizona in Austin Matthews' backyard to try and catch him to have a little heart-to-heart. You know, this is one of his... This is one of, like, the crown jewel, basically. And he's got to, you know, try and keep him sweet. He must be, you know, sort of putting so much pressure on him and stuff. Um, you, you don't have to look far to find examples of people who didn't want to play for Babcock. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. Um... I don't know. Even even when you've got Mike Commodore like shouting from the top of the mountain like Moses with the Ten Commandments about how much of a shithead he is. <laughs> oh dear. 
Did you see as well today that somebody said they'll give Tavares free cheesecake for life if he stays as well in New York? I, d- I didn't see cheesecake. What did I... Um... <laughs> yeah. Bagels and cheesecake. Ah. The, the amazing thing is, is that Tavares hasn't eaten a carb since about 2003. <laughs> so... Just like guys, guys, don't do that. Say tofu. He's, he's lactose intolerant. <laughs> yeah, like say tofu or salad or something like that. Oh, he has a very specialist diet based off of entirely grains. <laughs> yeah, and then these guys are like, "Yo, John boy, you stay here. You're gonna get free bagels for life, capiche? How about some free cheesecake? I know a guy. I know a guy. He gets you free cheesecake. I don't really. I got the pastrami for you, Johnny boy. <laughs> yeah." And then I was then I was thinking, what if it's a okay? So now he's in now he's like like Boston's rumored. So well, John, if you come here, you can have all the chowder you can eat. Like wow, all the chowder. Yeah, don't they really like it? Chowder. And I'm thinking Toronto, he gets all the poutine he wants. Dallas, he gets all. You can have all the barbecue he wants. But then I got oh, stuck. Mate. Then because I got stuck because I was thinking, um, what San Jose. What would that be? And what would Tampa probably, be? probably probably seafood for San Jose, I'd imagine. Yeah. Like you probably get nice crab steaks. Yeah, I was gonna say crab or something like that. And um Hey, do you want, do you want a food a food deep cut? Do you wanna hear a go on. from a a, a fruit de mer? What the what the hell is a fruit de mer? A fruit de mer is a because uh, I am a, as you know, well, I uh, I'm a foodie. A fruit de mer is a large, basically pompous display of seafood. And you just put everything on it that's sort of beautiful and um, supposedly delicious. So, you know, it's like there's lobster on there, there's caviar, there's like giant chunks of, you have giant chunks of lemon and herbs. And it's a giant kind of display that you can just dig into and pull apart and eat. That's a- I believe that is commonly referred to as a mixed grill, Dan. <laughs> I'll have the uh, surf and turf mixed grill if we play. <laughs> if he's coming to England, that would have to be like um, it'd have to be like a Toby Carvery or a beef eater. Like, John, if you come to England, you can have all the mixed grills and all the TV fills you want. Okay, and that would be well, a Nando's black card, Nando's. wouldn't it? Nando's cheeky Nando's. <laughs> that's uh, that's the only way that we entice celebrities and reward them is with uh, is with free Nando's. With a free cheeky Nando's. Have have this really really cheap and and average Portuguese food that we're all addicted to because we're we're fucked in the head after after years of of beef stew and pie and mash. I know it is funny. Like that as a as a nation, we've just gone totally we've just gone totally the other way now. Yeah, is like we're now? all addicted to curries and stuff. It's yeah, like... now we're all addicted to curries, fast food, whereas. God, twenty years ago, I remember. I remember going for. A, I remember going for a Chinese when I was like seventeen, eighteen, something like that. And I took my mum, and I said, "Oh, I said, well, like, because I moved away from home." And I said, "Oh, what do you normally have?" And she went, "What do you mean?" I said, "If you ever go to Chinese, what?" And she's like, "I've never been to one before." I'm like, fucking what? <laughs> it's insane. At this point, she's like, "What, 38, 40, something like that." I was like, "Fucking hell!" It's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy. And like, I think back to some of the. Uh, no, sorry, Mum, if you're listening, which I'm sure you aren't. Um, yeah, definitely. some of the some of the food I had growing up, like oh my god, just uh, yeah, di- sort of diabolical concoctions involving beef in various various ways and uh, a very dry mashed potato. I never minded my I never minded my food growing up. 
to be honest, it was always all right. I liked everything you... The only thing I wasn't keen on was um, we'd sometimes have, which I like now, we would have chips with beef mints and gravy. Oh, mate, that's, that's almost nice, but it sounds pretty, yeah, pretty grey. But I loved, I loved sort of like, we'd have like um, chips for fingers, peas and parsley sauce, or sausage and bangers and... Yeah, bangers and mash, of course. Uh, well, yeah, there's there's the classics like yeah, your bangers and, and mash, chips, egg and chips, pie, pie and mash, <laughs> egg and chips, um, like tone the whole roast dinner, all that sort of stuff, like the staples. Because when you have slightly like, I'm not a casserole guy. I never have, and I never will be big on a casserole because casseroles are just grimy. Like if it's a big square chunk of beef, I'm not interested. Yeah, I can go. Um, nah, no, because I like. You see, I, 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 I don't mind a, a, like a good casserole, and if it's got like suet dumplings in as well, fucking hell, dude, that's heaven. Oh, right, that's that's a that's a different that's a different yeah. game right there. <laughs> yeah. I remember my wife like because she's not like a, a cook at all. Um, she's a lot better than she used to be, to be honest. But she said to me like, "I'll, I'll cook you something like for like, a special occasion. What would you like?" I said, "You know what?" I said, "Can you make me a stew with dumplings?" And she said, "Like, okay, how do I do that?" I said, "We just put everything in a pan, yeah. Put it in the oven, yeah, and then just leave it for like an hour and a half." You know, oh. leave, leave it for a week and then just come <laughs> yeah. back to it. And it's always better the next day. Don't next day dumplings are fucking legit. They're so good. They're so good, but they're so bad. <laughs> they're so I, I think bad. that's a staple of of British cuisine that it has to has to be better after it's been left in the fridge for twelve hours. <laughs> yeah, and it has to be really bad for you. It can't be healthy in any way. No, it can have like all the vegetables you want in it, some decent cuts of meat, but you've put so much salt and bisto <laughs> powder in it that it's going to clog your <laughs> veins up. It's true. It's true. Oh, God. I crave that now, though, because I'm super healthy and I think like, I eat healthy all the time. On my cheat day on a Saturday, I just crave egg and chips or lemon curd butties or fucking fried egg sandwiches beans on toast I just crave I, I thought you were going to say you crave a beef stew on your on your cheat day and I was just going to have to hang up just leave <laughs> no, you no. no but yeah like dumplings the size of footballs oh dude that's how we're going to entice John Tavares over to the, uh, to the <laughs> that's, that's how he's going to sign for Man United <laughs> with massive dumplings <laughs> you know you said about pie and mash that's not that's a southern thing you know that's not pie and mash is, a northern, is not a northern thing at all what would you have your pies with? Chips. Hey, fucking animals. Fucking animals. And like we it. don't have. And we don't. I have mean, because you have it with liquor, don't we? We, have, we don't have it with liquor either. Oh, what like steak and ale pie? Yeah. So my so I but I only I only I only found out after I met my wife's in laws because they're obviously both Cockney that what liquor was. Because I said because he said oh my because my my father in law would get pie mash and liquor delivered from this place in London in like a box with dry ice in it and you just stick them in the freezer and like they're ready to go kind of thing so I said oh what have you got? I said oh I've got you know pie mash and liquor I said what's liquor? because obviously liquor is whiskey like brandy and stuff so I said what's liquor? what is that? and it's like it's just like a, like a parsley sauce isn't it? I was like that's weird because obviously oh no I've, I've never heard of that no I thought I thought you meant just booze like steak and ale pie or a... ah. yeah I don't know no, maybe I've never heard of liquor. From, maybe that's because you're from the wrong side of the river down south. Well, you're from the like, well, yeah. side. <laughs> I'm from the wrong side of both both rivers, Dan. Both the, rivers, the Thames yeah. and the Medway. 
you're you're from the uh, you're from the posh. You're not from the deep down dirty south like my uh, like my in laws are. Were we not talking about Margate the other day, Dan? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's all just London to me. I don't know. I don't. I don't, I don't understand that place down there. It's it, all weird. it basically basically is. You get London, and then you get some fields, and then it's the seaside. That's all it yeah. is. Yeah. Going north, it's London, nothing. Birmingham, nothing. Manchester. That's it. <laughs> oh no, Hull's no. definitely up there somewhere. Yeah, Hull's further away than that. Hull's. So if you go from Manchester, you then get to Leeds, and then Leeds, you go like right. And it's well, Hull, that yeah, Hull's, Hull's right on the east. Hull's like only three hours from where I am, I think. Really? Yeah, it's like it's much closer to Norwich than I thought it was, like Norwich and Nottingham. No way, Jesus. Yeah, see, Norwich and Nottingham, they're it's... just nothing places. <sighs> Norwich has been a nothing place to me until probably 13 months ago. Yeah. No, Nobody cares about East Anglia. East Anglia is just a fucking, I don't know, an afterthought. It's true. Anyway, that's very much. I was going to say, yeah, lightning. <laughs> well, an afterthought. I don't know about that. But um, what would okay? So what would Tampa's food be? What would their food? Because that something about alligators. <laughs> I'm trying fine. to think like what's alligator what, pie. <laughs> alligator pie. That sounds a bit. Let's offer him like alligator skin handbags and stuff. Yeah. Hey, John, I got some gator stew. You want some gator stew? No. I, f- I feel like they're a bit they're a bit stewy down there, I reckon. Um Yeah. I feel like I know what Florida cuisine's like, but um I'm but not I don't know. Yeah. Um Right. Let's have a look. Let's, <laughs> to know. let's have a look. I've got a um a slight aside, I've got a friend Joe. Shout out to Joe. Big Frank, big Rangers fan. Big Rangers fan. Terrible Oh. Terrible hockey player, but uh, big on. Rangers fan. Um, oh, and he, he listens quite quite regularly. Yeah, we'll we'll get into that another time. And he says he's no, constantly I mean, infuriated when listening for for instances like this, where we're just going on about things that we don't know, especially when he knows and he can't do anything about it. There's nothing yeah, but... he can do to rectify our ignorance. Joe, listen to me, Joe. All right, I'm going to talk to you now, direct to the heart. That's every podcast you listen to. Because at some point, every podcast I listen to, somebody says, oh, who was that guy again? You know the guy. And I'm scre- I'm screaming into my head. I'm just screaming in the car. Oh my God, you idiots. It was this guy. It could be anything. It could be about films. It could be about fucking, I don't know. Like any time on, Bis- uh, on uh, Puck Soup Lozo misquotes a film line or something, I'm just like, oh God, it's this line. <laughs> and then I, re- I know we do the same, but... That's just what happens when you're doing this kind of thing. You just your brain just races, doesn't it? You don't have time to sort of like feel like you can stop and think. So. I, I find I get more infuriated when I disagree with someone and I want to just put my point across and convince them that they're wrong. Because <laughs> yeah. because half the time, if, if they don't know what they're talking about, I generally don't know either. But when when they're opinionated and I've got a strong opinion the other way, it's like oh, I just want to. Well, yeah, I just want to phone blows up and say no, you're fucking wrong, mate. It's not it's not right. So here we go. Florida shrimp. That oh, seems to be a big one. Yeah, of course. Bubba Gump. Bubba Gump. Bubba Gump shrimp. Shrimp stew. Shrimp salad. Yeah, there you go. Shrimp. Shrimp saute. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So cool. So so you'd have loads of shrimp, which is basically yeah. a whatever that Scampy. thing was you said a minute ago. The the, the seafood mixed grill. Yeah, the fuida mer. The fuida mer. The seafood mixed grill. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I feel like that's something really, really crap you'd have a like harvester or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like a beef eater or a Toby Calvary. All right. That'll just probably we'll, we'll find. Hey, we'll, the good news is we should find out in a in a day or two, shouldn't we? Shouldn't be. Uh, yeah, free free agency is less than forty eight hours away now. Yeah, racing towards us like a uh, like a meteor about to destroy the earth. So, well, on on that subject, Dan, it's only really hit me today that this is going to be a shit July first. Like this, <laughs> I, was, I was just having a little look down down the free agents and mate, like. No, no. If 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 more than four people are signed to sizable, you know what you'd expect from a, a July first contract, then teams are fucked up. Like there are so many. Like Riley Nash is my prime example of this because there are so few centers on the market this year. Riley teams are going to look at that that forty point season from Riley Nash last year and think. Yeah, he's basically Nick Benino. He could probably be our second line center, and he's going to get like four by five or something stupid like that or he might get a six year contract or something obscene when really he's just a serviceable third line player who you know if he gets 35 to 40 you've had a good year out of him and it's it's little things like that that it's just such a weak market this year it's ridiculous I don't want to go all um, I don't want to go all Dimitri Filipovic on you and come at you with some um, hot takes that you weren't aware of or something but when, when Bergeron went down Riley Nash was fucking awesome for the Bruins, he I'd... was so good, and I do believe, I do believe he's better than a fourth line. I really do. Uh, now, I agree. he's, he's, be- he's he better than a fourth big... liner, but mate, he if you chuck me on that Bruins top line between Pasternak and Bergeron, I reckon I'd score thirty points in a year at least. <laughs> Marshan, Mar- between uh, Pasternak and Marshan, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. I get it, but he was he was great. He just seemed to fit in, and we didn't miss a beat with him there. So I think he deserves a bump definitely. But yeah, yeah, I agree. If he gets fucking four by five I'm going to you know jump off the nearest big thing um, who do you okay so who are the big who do you think are the big so obviously Tavares we've done uh, Stastny I would say is one yeah Stastny's a big one Stastny's an issue though because what he's 32 already like 32, he's already hit yeah. free agency and got on that four year contract out of the blues um, see I think he's I think he's 32 I'd, I like Stastny I wouldn't want to give him more than three years though like if you could yeah, convince Stastny to do like two by seven, that'd be fantastic. But but even even yeah. like three by six, six point five, that's acceptable if you need a centre because I think he is probably the second best centre on the market. I'd say, but easily, easily, and he's and he's still good. But again, he's just too old. I think he's not going to last that long. Um, who else you got? James Neal, maybe. Looking down. Uh, I d- yeah, I quite like uh, I quite like the real deal. Um, Again, it's it's an older class this year. You don't have a lot of. Um, so I was trying to get a list up. You don't have a lot of people apart from, that are, apart from Tavares, under thirty. Like the youngest, he is. He top, is. Uh, looking at the top twenty on cap friendly, yeah. There's only Van Riemsdyk and Tavares who are younger than uh, James Neal. Well, there you go. Like I'd I'd give James Neal a four year contract. I still think he's a great winger. I think if you've got a centre to play with him, he's not going to drive a line. But I think he's he's going to be a good player if you if you pick him up and he's one of the better. I'd probably take him over James Van Riemsdyk, personally. That's interesting. That's interesting. Just because I think Van Van Riemsdyk's going to get paid more for longer, yeah, and he's true. already yeah, he, yeah. and right. he was already exposed a little bit over his last years in Toronto as not really being. I, I hate the term complete player, but like. 
he's not yeah you, know, you can't really rely on him to play in all situations sort of thing whereas and again like JVR's JVR's going to get that Louis Erickson he's going to get that Louis Erickson um, Vancouver contract oh yeah absolutely absolutely and I'm sure <laughs> like JVR will probably put up over 20 goals for you for the first four years of that absolutely but he's not going to suddenly fix a line that's not working I don't think I, I think that JVR could easily regress quicker than you'd imagine him to yeah, and aside from that, who else is there? Well, like on the centre front, you've got like Tyler Bozak. Tyler Bozak's going to be an interesting one, I think, because he's. Oh yeah, there he is. There. He's been like he's a he's a comparison I'd make for Riley Nash. Like I think yeah, I people are going to think that Riley Nash is is Tyler Bozak when he's when he's not. Like Tyler Bozak gets a lot of a lot of stick for not being a number one centre, but I think I still think he's a good middle six forward. Absolutely, but again. He's 32 and he's going to get paid more for longer than you want to pay him for. No, yeah, I agree. I agree. No, another interesting one, I, I think, as we as it feels we do every year, uh, Thomas Vanek. Like, he had by 56 points this year, tw- 24 goals. He's going to get another probably one-year deal. You're probably going to be able to get him for under four, maybe even closer to three as he's getting on, on a bit now. Is he uh, 34 now, Tommy Vanek? Like... I'd pick Thomas Vanek up for my second or third line in a heartbeat. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, Rick Nash has pulled himself out as well, hasn't he? Said he's probably going to, uh, he's at least going to wait because he's uh, concerned about his health and stuff, which is, um, <sighs> it just goes back to the fucking concussion things again. And Well, g- give, me the, give me the skinny, Dan, because this Rick Nash thing is one of those things that, I'm clearly not following the right person on Twitter because all I've seen is people talking about the news rather than the actual Rick Nash news itself. So has well, he, he come out and said he's basically probably sitting out next year? Because I've heard there's whispers about retirement and stuff. Yeah, well, his agent said his agent said that he's um, he's you know he's looking at maybe not playing next year. He, he had a concussion around I want to say March, um, and he said he said himself that his agent said that you know he's had a lot of sort of what's the word. Uh, issues basically you know with sort of mm. concussions in the past and he's taken hits and what is his agent's name let me just find that for you see this is upsetting Joe already shout out to Joe uh, <laughs> Joe, uh, Joe Joe Resnick there we go yeah Joe Resnick um, he'd already apparently had um, offers from certain teams and they've turned down a lot of money already uh, and he's looking at maybe sitting out sort of free agency and then returning later in the season when he's sort of had more checks done and he might look at a team that's looking for somebody who can step in for a playoff run or something and then maybe just sign for a little bit then um, instead of sort of going all out for a big deal. Um, bit, of a, uh, bit of a Brian Jontner type. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Sort of a, like a hired gun, which I always like. <laughs> we talked about last week, didn't we, nicknames, like the hired gun. Um, I, th- I think that'd be interesting if he does it. Like if he if he maybe is fit enough to go off and play in the Spengler Cup or something. Yeah. Like that'd be that'd be pretty cool. And he just comes back after um after the trade deadline and then just yeah smashes out a playoff run. But it'd be interesting to see if anyone's interested in picking up Rick Nash for just a playoff run, considering his history of never showing up in the playoffs in the history of I his know. life. I know. And I think and. And again, like when after we after we signed him, the first few games, and again, like the season's finished now, we find we find out that 
you know, he got a concussion in the game and for the rest of the season then, you can't base and it happens with you know, it happens with, with all players. You you get a concussion in the game and you just you just want to get back on the ice. And I, I said it about um just I can't remember if I said it on here or not, but James Neal in the um in the cup was mm. he he was clearly not good. He was clearly not good. And he's talking to the coach, going, No, no, no. Like <laughs> what are you supposed to do? You know? And obviously Rick Nash is, you know, these are these are guys you just want to play and win a cup and you know, they feel like they're letting the teammates down if they're not on the ice and But is is that arguably toxic part of hockey culture, isn't it? Yeah. So So yeah. Um Do you think Thornton waits to see what Tavares does and then decides what to do then? Because I could like I think, say I, I like the idea of what you say. You just you're like, fine. I'll take I'll take one year at a million. Fuck it. If we can get John Tavares and get us a cup, I've made my money. Let's go win a cup. Um, I think as as basically anyone who has even had a whiff of hockey over the last few weeks has said, like John Tavares is holding everything up. He's going to hold up the you know no free agent sentiment's going to sign until Tavares is signed. Um, how no no forwards who have got a you know, can re-sign for, for the next season from July 1st they're going to sign until John Tavares is signed. So many trades are being held up by John Tavares just because people are trying to keep it, well, those six teams at least are trying to keep it open and, and I think six teams waiting for a player is enough to sort of grind the trade machine to a halt as we've already seen really by yeah. a couple of couple of interesting moves but from, from teams on the peripherals. Um, same, as, same as free agency. It was as soon as a couple, as soon as Brassard made, as soon as Brassard went, as soon as Nash went, other teams were like right, we're going all in as well. Fuck it, and then everyone went all in. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, this is it. Like no, nobody wants to be the first person to rock the boat, and and Tavares is going to be that person to. Yeah, it's like the first pin to drop, sort of thing, isn't it? And then everything else is going to tumble down. A couple of quick things. Uh, fucking, uh, Jack Johnson to uh, the Penguins. Oh my god! Fucking what? I, uh, all I keep, all I kept seeing last season, whenever there was talk about him being um, moved on, was uh, Micah, an effective math guy, just putting out stats that he's just not good. He's just not good. <laughs> That's all I want. He all is a seeing. bad player. <laughs> yeah, this guy will not perform. And um, speaking of periphery trades, uh, the fucking Penguins move Connor Sheary and Matt Honwick to uh, the Sabers for a fourth to. It looks like make room to sign Jack Johnson, um, not the Jack Johnson who's a uh, the beach guitar Ed Sheeran wannabe of, uh, of be Cur- Curious know. George fame. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that might be a better deal to be honest. It probably probably would be for that money. Like at least at least Jack Johnson brackets musician um, has you know some some notable skills that might be of some service to the team. He has success uh, in his field, at least. Oh yeah, some some sort of critical recognition yeah. outside of attending Shaq St Mary's with Sidney Crosby and making the Olympic team once. Um, yeah. I th- that that Sherry and Hunwick trade is fucking awful, isn't it? Like, that's just <laughs> so. I I get you know you backed yourself a into a cap situation to an extent. Yeah. But it was entirely avoidable by just not signing Matt Humbert last year. Like what? How? I, I thought at the time when when Rutherford first because what was it three years at three million per or something like that. Oh God, I don't remember. Now. I remember I mean, 
what whatever it was, it was too much. And yeah, I yeah. just thought we we knew how bad Matt Hummer could have been for the fucking Leafs that year on that team he had with uh oh sorry, three years and a two point two five per, which is still far too much to pay what is ultimately a bottom six defence pair defenseman who yeah. got shat on all the season before. Like <laughs> The, the the main reason that's a fourth round pick for both those players is because they're trying to shift Humbrick as well. Like Connor Sherry on his own is going to get you at, at least a third, probably a second if you ask me, because I th- I still think he's a decent player. Yes, he's very much sure, a product yeah. of, of playing on say, Sid's he, line. Yeah, that. playing on Sid's line, and I wonder if now people are starting to look. It was the same with oh, oh fuck. God, see, <laughs> I'm thinking about I'm thinking about Joe now. Shout out Joe. It was the same. Somebody was, you know, they played with somebody and they had loads of points. It was only because they, oh, it was um, oh, with McDavid, uh, uh, Dreisaitl had played obviously with McDavid. Oh, yeah, yeah. Got loads of points, got a big contract. And obviously then everyone went, well, yeah, because he's playing with Connor McDavid. And I think now people are looking at past just, oh my God, he had this many points last year. Yeah, he's playing with Sidney Crosby. Oh, okay, that makes sense then. Well, yeah, he's not worth a second then. And maybe now, I think team, I mean, maybe teams are now wising up to that. I don't know. I, I still think at the very least, like Connor Sherry's going to be an upgrade on a lot of middle six left wingers for for a lot of teams, especially yeah, the Buffalo Sabres. Well, the Sabres, teams, yeah, like, that's a fair who, point. That's who plays point. on the left side for the Sabres? Nobody. What yeah, Matt Molson? Get the fuck out of here. Um, so yeah, that's that's a diabolical trade from from Jim Rutherford's uh, standpoint, and and something interesting that's come up because of this trade. Um, Every free agent acquisition that Rutherford made this time last year uh, is no longer with the Penguins. So now Humwick, Greg McKegg, and Antti Niemi are all long gone from that Penguins organisation. And yeah, he just absolutely whiffed on every single bit of bit of free agent business he did last year. And then to to sign Jack Johnson instead of keeping Connor Sherry, like you might as well keep if you're getting Jack Johnson, you might as well keep Matt Humwick. Because he's <laughs> he's he's cheaper. He's gonna come off your cap hit sooner, and he's just he's just a shit. Like, okay now, bury him in the miners and and bring up whoever. Yeah, no one in the system. Yeah, there's no one in the system. You just think, oh, let's give this guy a shot. So he does. Like it's it's a, it's thin on the ground, D men wise. Uh, yeah. this this year as it is everywhere. But yeah. all right, you can't you can't bring back Ian Cole. I'll give you that. But what for, for that money? You get like Calvin DeHaan. Like surely you could have got Calvin DeHaan for that sort of money. Um, oh, mate, I said, fucking Brandon Manning, John Moore, like Dan Hamuse for fuck's sake. So you could get Dan Hamuse for two years at two million easily, and he'd be just yeah, as good as uh, he, he had a decent year last year if he wasn't stapled to Greg bloody Patterson. <laughs> there are. There are seventy-five other D men that you could have got that have been better and cheaper than um than Jack Johnson. Like it's moronic. There you go. Uh, there you go. Other D men. This is my. This was my other. Um, Mike Green. I think is an interesting. Um, the only other player of note that I kind of thought, oh, that's interesting, because obviously he was he was going to get obviously uh, the rumours of uh, the trade at the uh, the deadline. Um, 
I think he was, and then teams kind of backed out, didn't they, with his, you know, sort of history of injury and stuff like that. I think he had like a niggling, I can't remember if it was yeah. his neck or his shoulder, but he had some Something sort of like niggling that. injury that teams were just a bit like, eh, I don't know. And he only played 66 games last year anyway, so it's not like he was super healthy. It must be hard for, like Mike Green was on, what, I think it was on six, was he on six, there, six million, wasn't he? Yeah, it was three by six what he signed with Detroit. And now it's just for him to have to go to. I mean, maybe teams are going to be like, well, we'll give you two by three or three by two. And he's just going to be thinking, fuck. <laughs> and it must be ri- like, I know, I know, Crimea River, he's only making fucking three million a year. Or, he's not making Tevez wages, obviously. Um, <laughs> two million a year or three million a year playing the sport he loves. But to sort of, you know, you've now got to take half pay or. I don't know. It must be tough. It must be really tough. But then this is where you need players to be like sort of pragmatic about their own abilities and their own, especially, yeah, he's 32 now. Like, he's got to understand he's in, yeah. in the decline of his career. And if, if Mike Green can suck it up, basically, and say, yeah, all right, I am only worth like two million a year, two and a half million a year, though that's hard to, to admit when you're seeing what sort of money players like Dan Girardi are getting paid um, and Jack Johnson for that matter but yeah, <laughs> if, if, he su- if he sucks it up and takes a, a lower deal he could sign with a team where he can really make do some damage like imagine just just to throw it out there he signs one by one by three or like you know however many whatever cap it an affordable number with Nashville and he plays on their bottom pairing Mike Green's going to eat up on that bottom pairing. Like, no, I agree. Yeah, he'd yeah. If if you get him on a contender or their bottom pairing, hell, have him as their fourth, fifth, sixth defenseman, whatever you want. Shelter his minutes, give him PP two time if you haven't got someone to run the PP. Um, yeah, you could do a lot worse than Mike Green, but it's about Mike Green. Yeah, it's it's that age old thing. Do you want the money or do you want the success? Yeah, does he understand his value now as well to a team? Yeah. Absolutely, if they think so. he's going to be, you know, if, if he's going to be injured or not. Um, I, d- I just worry that people are going to think, oh, he can fix my top four, and he can't. He cannot. Yeah, no. Uh, should we do the uh, the trade this week? The big trade. The older, uh, the old Douglas Hamilton one. The older uh, museum fancier trade, and his lack of respect for his teammates. <laughs> I think. He's just that's been just, getting a lot of stick. Like a lot of people have been saying, "Oh, that's so ridiculous! Why would you trade a guy just because he didn't want to go to a fast food restaurant or whatever?" But like, one second, not say, just quickly. Go on, go on, go on. You know when we, you know when we start talk. This is fucking on air, like housekeeping. But you know when we start talking about stuff like this, should we just should we break down what's happened, or do we just? I mean, I'm just thinking now. Everyone knows what we're talking about. Why do we have to go through the deal? That well, just I think, I think, my head. You know I think I mean? it's, at some point it's worth just chucking in, like, oh, by the way, it was, like, like I'm going to do now. It was Dougie Hamilton, Michael Furlan, and Adam Fox, who uh, is unsigned, uh, plays for some college team in America, I'm going to say, uh, for Elias Lindholm and Noah Hannafin. That's uh, from Calgary to uh, Carolina, a little swappy-do. But, yeah, I, I don't know, like, I think it comes up naturally, doesn't it, anyway? Yeah, I don't know. I just thought, like, when we start talking about a topic, do we need to lead off with a, and here's what this is we're going to talk about, or do we just fucking 
don't know. Whatever. Carry I on. Think, I, I think. I think. Just I think we need to take a bit of Mike Green and understand that people aren't coming <laughs> us for coming to us for breaking news. Like nobody's coming to us for. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that uh, that John Tavares yeah. was going to be a free agent this year. <laughs> Steve in Colorado was like, oh my god, Hamilton signed where? With who? What? What the hell? You're kidding. Don't you who? There's yeah. a team in Calgary? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sorry, go on. Um, yeah, so so the whole thing about Hamilton being traded because of his... Yeah, the, the crux of it came down to like the last straw was when he didn't attend um, like a big team dinner. So, t- to be fair, if, if we could just dive back, shout out Joe... I'm pretty sure that Joe probably doesn't know this. So here you go, Joe. Dougie Hamilton has apparently been traded out of Calgary because he didn't get on with the teammates. A prime example being when the whole team went out to some fucking restaurant, he went to a a museum instead. And as much as that is a ridiculous reason to get get rid of a fantastic D-man, on the ice results are are through the roof. I, I get it. I I do sort I I understand where people are coming from. Like it's not just oh what he wants to you know oh what's wrong with trying to educate yourself and what's wrong with going to a museum. No, there's nothing wrong with going to a museum. But if you're in the sort of workplace that really does rely on um, interpersonal relationships and and team chem- chemistry and all that nonsense, like if every single member of your team is going to a to a night out and you fob it off to go to a museum like that. That is a bit of a signal. No, I agree. I agree. And it's uh, like sports, sports at all levels. I mean, Christ, I've, I've had it like when I played, used to play for Sunday league football teams and stuff like that. If guys didn't go to something, you'd be like, fucking what a prick. Like, always, you know, just come and show your face for 10 minutes. You're doing it for the team. And I can't imagine how much worse it must be for a professional team in any sport, fucking rugby, footy, hockey, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, if you're the guy who's not there, just it's not a good look it's not a good look um it's it's one thing to be like you know whatever like there are 100 101 different reasons that are perfectly acceptable but yeah to to mug it off just to go and do something that you could do on any given sunday like yeah it it, it shouldn't be a problem but ultimately it is and, and I, I do understand it especially when it seems that must be like you know the straw that broke the camel's back, and there's probably other reasons. It seems at least that people are hinting to that that he just you know doesn't get on with people and doesn't necessarily want to get on with people. I can relate to that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, th- I think I'd have been traded six or seven times by Dougie Hamilton eight, <laughs> Hamilton's age if I was in the NHL. I'd still be sat on that free agency list waiting for a call. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like Cody Franzen a few years ago. So, mm, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on. Seven by seven. It's all right. You can probably do a bit better, can't you? <laughs> nah, sorry, Dan. All right, I'll wait for the next one. Yeah, I'll wait. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Someone will call. No calls. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. Yeah, we've. this is the thing. We've got a meal. Um, so my wife's sister is... Uh, her and her girlfriend are getting married in two years. So... Her girlfriend's family are coming down from Scotland to meet my wife's sister's family, um, and we're invited, me, my wife, and my daughter. So instead of saying, oh, that's nice that she actually thinks of us that closely to invite us, I said, why do we have to go? I'm not family. I'm, I'm like, we're not, we're not, we're not a family. <laughs> like, <laughs> she's not marrying us. 
she's marrying your sister, so why are we going? <laughs> and then when this Dougie Hamilton thing came out, I thought, oh yeah, that's what I'd be doing. That's me. I don't, I don't want to get traded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can we not go into the city, me and George, and go to a museum? Yeah. Me and George are just there looking out, pondering fucking Picasso's thing or Van Gogh's sunflowers or something. While there's a meal going on somewhere else. <laughs> Yeah. And Sarah's talking about getting a divorce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Over the appetizers. I can't believe he's not here. Fucking prick. <laughs> Get rid of I him. Just, yeah. And that's the thing as well, is like when when you're not there, the conversation will be about you and how the fact is that you're not there and you're not a team guy. Dougie's not there and no one's going, ah, you know what Dougie's like? No. Everyone's saying, I can't fucking believe he's not here again. Like, because he must have done it before. He must have done. There must have been things before he's just not turned up. Cause oh, yeah. He'll have mounted up, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. And, unfor- and unfortunately, we all have to play by the rules in the world that we live. They're not. They're un- I was talking to my daughter the other week about unspoken rules, about things that, like, when you say hi, when you say thanks to somebody for letting you go in the car, she says, why do you have to do that? Or, like, do you get shouted at if you don't do it? I said, no, I said, you just, just thanks. You just say thanks. She said, why? I said, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. You just do. Like My, I saw my, my dad, dad did do it, it, so I do it now, yeah. yeah. My dad did it when he was driving, and I said, why'd you do that? And he told me, so now I do it. <laughs> and that's it. It's an unspoken rule. And that's just, sorry, Dougie, that's the world you live in, mate. You you know, if there's a thing like that, you need to go. Um, I, lo- I love the idea of, like, they're around at that Flames dinner, and, you know, like, uh, like Michael Froelich's like, oh, not again, like, I can't believe he's doing this, and... And Mark Giordano's like, yeah, he's, oh, he's a prick. I hate playing on, on D with him. And maybe Sean Monaghan's gone like, ah, oh, yeah, but I sort of understand it. He needs his own space or whatever. And then Johnny Gaudreau pipes up, yeah, but he's a prick anyway, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is actually, isn't he? Just jumping in and out of the conversation. Like, yeah, he's a twat. <laughs> when he's sat in his high chair. <laughs> <laughs> I want a banana. And he can't have a banana, Johnny. Come on. He's got his sip with his sippy cup. He's just banging it on the table like that. If you throw it on the floor again, Johnny, I'm not going to give it back to you. Yeah. Johnny, I I wouldn't like my sip. Use your fork, Johnny. Oh, for God's sake. I I wouldn't like my knife on fire. You can't light your knife on fire, Johnny. We've talked about this. (laughs) Just realised there's... All our friends getting mentioned this week. Shout out to my mate Adam, who's... God, how old's Daisy? I think she's about... I think she's nearly two decided the other week to just pull her pants down and shit on the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking howled when he told me. I howled. Fair play to her. Why did she do that? And he said, I have no idea. Like, maybe it's a dirty maybe it's a dirty protest. Beans again, I'll show you. <laughs> he just like just drops a fresh biscuit on the grass. That's <laughs> what so I think of your beans, Adam. Uh, we talked about yeah. it. My name's Daddy. Fuck off. Yeah. Shut up, Adam. <laughs> Dear. Kids, eh? Um, so then the trade, yeah, and so the trade in yeah. general. I mean, the, obviously, the fuck it, you know, the Flames fans were not happy because, um, like I said, doing the show, I start then doing okay. I'll have, let's have a look. Let's go on the Flames Twitter and see what fans, you know, they were not happy. Dougie, like Hamilton, especially. Um, over the sort of, I got these stats off uh, off Twitter, so I assume they're true because it's Twitter. It must be true. Over the past four seasons, he's eighth amongst D-men with 121 even strength points, and his course he ranks fourth, and he's only 25. And he's got three more years at under six, so 5.75, which is uh, very nice. 
there, there's no understating how good a D-man is. He's a fantastic no. hockey player. Um, no. I think in the immediate future... D bag as it as it appears as it appears. Um, D bag man. He's um he's he's an incredible player. Like in the immediate future, Carolina have definitely um definitely won that trade. But I think it'd be interesting because there's a chance that because Calgary have picked up two young players that could arguably become fantastic players. Like yeah, Lindholm, Lindholm has a has a chance of becoming a, a legit top six winger. And Hannafin, if if the chips fall right, and you think about how talented he was at his draft year, he could be a number one D man. He could be the the successor to Mark Giordano. So, I think it's it's an interesting trade, especially considering Calgary are pl- probably a bit higher up the ladder towards the the Stanley Cup than than Carolina are. So yeah, I think it'd be interesting to see how it plays out. Like it, obviously, Carolina have won in the interim because like Dougie Hamilton is just fantastic, especially when you consider the fact that they're probably gonna get rid of uh, Justin Fulk now, and then they're gonna get a return for that on top because of what this enables them to do. So that's yeah. another win. But I mean, four years down the line, we could be saying the complete opposite. Yeah, or in two years, when Hamilton gets traded because he went to a. Fucking a local cheese show instead of uh, instead of going to the Hurricanes, the Hurricanes Stanley Cup parade. <laughs> no, all, all the Hurricanes players are, go, are going to a museum, and he's gone out for dinner instead. <laughs> yeah, they're like Dougie, Dougie. We'll do whatever you want to do. What do you want to do? I want to go to a museum. Okay, fine. They're all stood outside of the, in the museum in their like in their official Hurricane suits. Where's Dougie? I don't know. <laughs> like Dougie just sat in a just sat in a Toby Carvery. <laughs> Eating a, <laughs> eating a seafood mix grill. <laughs> eating a seafood mix grill. Oh god! Could just don't want to be there. Fuck you know. Um, just quickly mention to the players. They said um, Michael Furland uh, said they they couldn't. They said they weren't going to. Um, he they couldn't sign him because of cap implications. And then um, somebody from the flame said that Adam Fox just didn't want us. He wasn't going to sign. He wasn't going to sign. So. I, think I keep forgetting about because uh, Adam Fox has been yeah because Adam Fox is touted as well isn't he I mean they're expecting big th- they're expect you know they were expecting big things from him um, so it seems a bit it's at, at the time that was the odd thing for me was that Adam Fox was kind of was kind of lumped in in the deal um, but then if he just doesn't want to be there fine go if you don't want to be here what's the point in keeping you in. The, the word I heard was that Trilliving tried one last time before they included him in the trade, like threw an offer at him, and Fox said no, bugger off. So he's like, stuff it, might as well just get rid of him this way, like. And um, I think it's, it seems like Fox is probably just gonna because I think he's got one year left at, at college, like that's based on next to no actual intel. So forgive me if I'm wrong there, but yeah, he seems like the kind of guy who's just gonna wait out, go to go to free agency, and and live uh, live his best life from there. Agreed. Agreed. Um, we'll do these. Two, we'll do this quickly, just quickly. Uh, John Carlson, as we expected, gets the massive pay, um, eight by eight, which which seems to be the going rate now. Um, if you're the best defenseman on your team, coming off a Stanley Cup win, any surprises there? None for me. Will you? Um, no, not really surprised. I think it was it was relatively expected he was going to sign back with the Capitals um, more than I'd want to pay him to be honest because I don't necessarily think he is the best D-man on that Capitals team 
Mm. Yeah, but I mean, or, well, or at least more than, well, he's not on be the fair, best pair. Yeah. To be fair, I don't think they, I don't think they wanted to pay him that. But then I think after the after the postseason he had, he kind of has them over a barrel then. Because if you let him go and he performs that way again next season, then it's just oh you fucking idiots, blah blah blah. So yeah, when that happens, this this is it. It's, yeah, you can't you can't avoid it if it's uh if that's the way it's going to be. But yeah, yeah, it, I think it's going to prove to be another one of these terrible contracts in a few years that, that the Capitals seem to have on their books at the moment. So sell a V in for a penny and for a pound, Dan. Yeah, Kentney's re-signed as well, didn't he? This afternoon. Yeah, uh, I don't know what what number did he get. I'm sure it's four at two. I'm sure it's four at two and a half. That's quite a lot of money, really, considering. Yeah, it is. Kentney's uh, There we go. Yeah, four interesting. Million. Yeah, that's that's interesting. No doubt he he was really good with Carlson, and if they can retain that magic next year, then I'm all for re-signing both of them because then you've got two fantastic pairs there. Um, but yeah, that is very interesting for a player that's you know was all of thirty minutes away from darting off to the KHL. Yeah, that's true. Um. And then obviously the, the the one that was sort of being talked about before uh, Tavares was Kovalchuk, who chose the Kings. Mm. Three years it's, and six and a quarter. It's been uh, been such a busy week, Dan. Yeah, you know, no no sarcasm. All joking aside, like it's it's been a busy week for signings. It's it's getting to that stage of the of the game where I'm having to check trade trackers and free agent signings just to be like, right, I haven't missed anything, have I? Because there's quite a lot going on. And um, yeah, me too. And it's funny now because like yes. As soon as this Tavares thing, everyone's just forgotten about Kovalchuk already. He's just been brushed under, <laughs> brushed under the carpet. Yeah, yes, yeah, like one of the the most controversial figures in the history of the National Hockey League for for yeah. hockey reasons, not yes. for you know wife beating, cabbie beating, being whatever reasons. Yeah, being a yeah awful off ice reasons. Like yeah, like the the biggest you know the biggest villain in in a certain franchise's history coming back. You'd have thought it'd be massive news, but but no, nobody cares. Nobody cares. I think um, LA is is interesting in some ways because there was so much talk that he wanted to stay in in the New York area and and even just on the East Coast. But I can get it. It's it's similar to to what I just said about the Capitals having like you know the Oshie contract and the Carlson contract and a couple of others that are going to look nasty in a few years. The the Kings are in very much the same same state. A lot of their players, a lot of their core aren't getting any younger. Like Jeff Carter's not getting any younger. Dustin Brown, like Andre Kopitar, he's not old, but he's no spring chicken. Um, yeah. Why not chuck over chuck on there? Like if he's good, great. If he's not, so it be. Yeah, agreed. It's. Uh, do you do you think it'll be any good? I was just gonna say I. I I mean, the thing was that like he had like a ton of plays in the KHL, but he was playing on a loaded team, wasn't he? So I mean, it's a, mm. it's a, uh, he could be the, uh, <laughs> he could be the uh, the, the connoisseurie. Like, <laughs> is he good? Is he good because he's in a loaded team, or is he good because he's still really good? Um, I, I'm going to play totally safe and say I think he'll be fine. Yeah, well, like forty to fifty points, sort of thing. Yeah. I think he'll, <clears throat> I think he'll produce, but at the end of the season, I think it'll look like he's been paid just a bit too much. 
do you, do you think it'll be better than when Radulov came back last year? Well, two years ago now. Hmm. I'm going to say yeah. I'm going to say yeah. I, th- I think it's interesting because like on on paper or like throughout his career, he's been a better player than Radulov, but Radulov came yeah. back. He's younger. Yeah. And now what, Kobe's, Kobe's 35, is he? 35. So he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's old. So while his skills are better, it'll be and and Radulov came back with a fire like that's that's what's going to be interesting for Kovalchuk whether he whether he really wants to be in the NHL in the way that Radulov appeared to be in that first season with Montreal and how last year with the Stars he was fantastic absolutely incredible so um, yeah or is yeah or he's like he's he's, he's, uh, he's Kovalchuk just cashing in basically yeah on <clears throat> the fact he can come back had a good you know played well in the KHL teams are going to. As soon as it starts looking like teams are going to throw some money out of there, he's thinking, "All right, I'll go back then. I'll, uh, I can cash in here, make some monies." I think it'll be yeah, it'll be an interesting uh, storyline to watch, and he could be could be a massive difference to the Kings. Like they had a they had a much better season than than we were expecting this year, and if if Dustin Brown and and Kopitar carry on that sort of magic, and then you throw Kovey on that left wing as well, that that could be fantastic. True. Yeah. Yeah. If you can if you can reduce, like you say. If you can produce a fifty-point season, you think with what they did last year, that could, uh, yeah, they could definitely surprise a few people. I think. Um, yeah, no, no one's going to say no to fifty points. Nope, not at all. Speaking of surprises, well, oh, <laughs> what am I going to go with here? Uh, should Gary Bettman be in the uh, in the Hall of Fame? Uh, now, should is an interesting word. Um, All right, hang on, hang on. Well, yeah, should he? Should it be in ten years, five years? Should it be now? What do you? What? What, what are you going to go with? Again, again, I, I don't like the word should. Because, because <laughs> I don't think he should be in the Hall of Fame, but it makes sense that he's going to be inducted. I definitely don't think he should be inducted this year. I think that is uh that is an absolute travesty. Uh for a for a plethora of reasons, young Daniel. Um but I I think it like him being him being inducted full stop is it's like a, an inevitability that nobody wanted to acknowledge. Nobody even considered Batman being in the Hall of Fame because it's you'd have thought it'd be after he retires, so after he steps down as commissioner, as you know. They do for every other person that is inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, but yeah you have to stop your playing career unless you're Chris Bronger um, before yeah. you before you get inducted. So why would you expect out of the blue just oh and by the way Gary Bettman's being inducted? But I think it was it was going to come no and no matter when like because he's whether you like the job he's done he has had an impact on on the game of hockey. He's the first commissioner in the National Hockey League. And uh, while we don't acknowledge certain other firsts, certain other boundaries being broken in this league, um, <laughs> yeah, sometimes for uh, for even you know twenty three years after they finished playing professionally, um, over thirty five since they last played in the NHL, sometimes they take a while to acknowledge these people who broke boundaries. But um, yeah, like, like it or not, Gary Bettman's a massive part of the the NHL's history and. As we've seen before, you just have to be a big part, not not necessarily a positive part, of the NHL's history to be in the in the Hall of Fame. 
Yeah, I think it's absolutely disgusting that they're doing it in the same year as Willie O'Ree. Like, it's such disrespect to Mr. O'Ree and all that he's accomplished because they are blatantly using him as a shield for Batman. And it's, yeah, fucking disgraceful. Yeah, I agree. It's, um... Again, it's... To put him in as... Yeah, I, I think, yeah, there's a... At some point, yeah, he has... At some point, in my, yeah, in my opinion, Batman has to go in. I mean, I'm, I'm of the opinion that he can't not go in at some point because it's just... I mean, Christ, 20, like 25 years and fucking the, the the expansions and... Yeah, fine. He's made mistakes. What other fucking major sports um, sort of commissioners or executives of leagues of all sports have they've all made mistakes they all do stupid shit but if you've held that post for 25 years it doesn't matter in theory it doesn't matter if you've done a good job or not because you're gonna if there's a hall of fame they're gonna vote you in because well he's been there for 25 years he can't be that bad he must have done great things and if you agree with that or not yeah he's, he's, he's officially famous right yeah he's he's gonna be in but to fucking, you know, I mean, and I'd love to know. I'd love to know on who's on the um, everyone who's on the voting panel and what the and what the voting kind of, you know, like the the way it went and who, what fucking idiot decided to put him in at the same time as Willie O'Ree and the fact that I know I'm going to beat a dead horse here and everyone says it and everyone on Twitter said it. And it's taken this fucking long to get Willie O'Ree in. <clears throat> when he should have been in the second he retired. The, the second he retired or played his last game, they should have had a fucking ceremony that the next day to, to honour it and say, fucking hell, you know, look what this guy did. It's, you know, it's, it's beyond unbelievable. And the amount of shit he had to put up with and the amount of fucking disgraceful behaviour that he had to endure... They're all black athletes. You know, we had the same over here when um, when Cyril Regis died. Some of the stories were just like, they make me fucking angry that, you know, humans can treat humans in that way and fucking names and catcalls and, and shit, you know, it's just, it's disgraceful. And to then have him share the stage with fucking Gary Bettman, who is, and fucking um, Nick Boynton and... Oh God! Someone else was. I read, you know, the article that this whole fucking C, you know, the whole CT thing, and his emails flying around the league saying, "Oh, you know, don't call these penalties because we don't want players sort of thinking about concussions and all that shit." I mean, fucking hell! It just kind of it just it just makes a mockery of it, to be honest. Um, and yeah, I, I agree with you completely. It, it's it's kind of it's kind of pissed me off that. You've got fucking like Marty Broders going in, <laughs> like maybe the, you know, argue, you know, Argus Grimmer made that maybe the greatest goalie ever, fucking Willie O'Ree, an absolute pioneer in the world of ice hockey, and then Gary Bettman, who every time he comes out, even when he's doing a tribute for fucking the hum- Humboldt victims, gets booed because people just hate him, and I just and, think, fuck, and I think. To to induct him while he's still in service, I know. When we're what two years away from two another away lockout, from maybe a fourth lockout. Yeah, it's watch. a 
fourth in- lockout. Including a full season and potentially how we could end up with another full season one in the in the future, in the near future. And it's not like all oh, the CBA is ending and it might be a lockout because there's a chance. No, I think we all quite frankly know there is gonna be a lockout because that's the precedent that's been set under his under his regime. If yeah. there's a if there's a chance to have a labour dispute, like you know, the vote comes up, the CBA needs renewing. It's such a such a skewed document in the owners' favour that it's always going to end up in a lockout, either because the the owners want more than they've already got, or the players you know have had enough. Well, it's it's a combination of the two. The players want more than they have, which is arguably not a fair fair cut, and the the owners want them to have less. Like it always ends up in a lockout, and um. And that's even discounting just anything he could do. I'd, I, I, I couldn't, you know, I could theorize all day of the the ridiculous things that Gary Bettman could do in in the next five, ten years, however long he's going to be left in the post. But like, I don't know what what if he comes out tomorrow with a Charles Manson esque swastika tattoo on his forehead, and he suddenly bans all all Europeans from the NHL and. Yeah, any non Aryans from from the bloody NHL? Like, what if we could have suddenly take them out of the out the Hall of Fame? I know. And and what a more realistic one? What if more comes out of this CTE thing? What if there's like an email exact straight from the word of Gary Bettman saying, you know, we don't want to we don't want to acknowledge concussions because we know it's a massive problem and it's going to affect the revenue of the league, like which is something that could absolutely come out. It's, that's um, what it is. That's what it's for me. Is that this, you know, this CTE thing is just getting. It's just this massive niggling, like headache at the back of everybody involved in hockey's mind. That's just that sounds terrible. Isn't it? I just realised what I've just said. It's it's <laughs> a. You know what I mean. You know what I mean, though. It's always at the back. That's, of, a, that's a very accurate description of yeah, CTE. Thank you very of, much. Yeah, yeah, great. Fucking hell. <laughs> But it's it's always there. It's always like there we go. Here we go. It's a dark cloud over the league, and and will be until it gets sorted out. And when, like I say, when there's emails coming out about don't call penalties for this and that because it'll draw attention to concussions and things. And like I said before, fucking James Neal, Rick Nash, players who are clearly got their bell rung. Okay, like I said in the in the play, Bergeron in the playoffs, so he had he was out for one game with concussion-like symptoms. That's a concussion. You can't have concussion-like <laughs> symptoms and not have a concussion. To me, that those two things are together. And then he's back for the next game. I just don't, you know, I don't understand what his end game is with the whole thing. It's not going to go away because every single, even football now, every single sport is now. Looking at this and having to take it seriously, I mean, fucking Mascherano the other night in the um, who did Argentina beat in the Nigeria game just got elbowed right in the face and had blood all down the side of his face, and he should have now as a somebody who's like you know NFL NHL looking at this, I'm like that guy should be going off, he should be going off and getting looked at for a good ten fifteen minutes having a check done to make sure because. And this is the thing as well, like you know, like football players heading the ball all the time. It's not good for your brain. It's just not. And when Batman needs in his, um, here you go, here's your reference. His goat head fucking cronies are all trying to hide things from people and hide things from fans and 
other agencies and shit like that in regards to concussions and CTE. That's just terrible. It's just terrible. And I just... It's, it's such bad time. It's so, but it's fucking much respect. It's, fuck, it's NHL. It's NHL. Well, this is the worst thing. It's just NHL adjacent and it shows that like it's not just the league, it's anyone who's got any slight involvement with it that is just, just as fucked up as the rest of them. I know. I just I don't do? understand. I don't. I don't. And the thing is, well, like I know people will say, oh, you know, they grew the league from what was it, four hundred million to was it three billion, four billion, something like that. So uh, some three. some nonsense like that. I'm sure it's yeah, it's like four hundred million to like four billion or something. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure at the same time, every fucking sport was getting that because the networks in America are just throwing money at live sports now. They're throwing so much money at live sports. Like the wrestling um, WWE, I don't watch it at all because I can't fucking stand it anymore. But their TV deal is coming up and they're going to get an absolute fortune, a bump. They're going to get like a billion dollars over the next, over the next like in like sort of increments over the next four or five years. Proper Premier League money. Yeah. Like, yeah, like you say, like the Premier League. They, they threw something like, was it 800, 800 million dollars at MLS or something like that? Like hundreds of millions at NASCAR. UFC wants to get UFC is looking to get a new deal for hundreds of billions a year. Well, if they're just throwing money at leagues around the world anyway, well, yeah, hockey's going to get that kind of the big bump. So, is it down to him? Is it just not down to like a product of the time? And I just I think he's done. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think he's. I think he's done. The I think the bad things he's done are way more bad than the good things he's done. Especially where you can't strictly put his name to the good things. The good, yeah. Like it's, I, I, I struggle with this one because, I, I, a lot of the good things that have happened to the NHL over the last twenty five years haven't strictly been the product of Gary Bettman, and you could argue that anyone else in his position would have done the same, if not better. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it was Bettman that was there, so you can't necessarily penalise him just because you think someone else would have done it better. At the end of the day, he was at the helm when, you know, the the league's revenues grew tenfold, and they, you know, this, that, and the other, like, took the players to the Olympics and and increased viewership, and now we've got number one overall picks coming out of the bloody desert and stuff like, all the all the good things that have happened in hockey, like it or not, are associated to Gary Bettman and that happened under his watch, so. Yeah, you can't you can't take that away from him. You can't take that away from his. Uh, in the same way that you can't take away Connor Sheary's fifty point season just because he played on the line with Sid. <laughs> you can't take away the good things that have happened to the AHL just because Gary Bettman's a bit of a shit. Connor Sheary getting all the uh, all the comparisons today. <laughs> he is he's, he's a good uh, he's a good yardstick. He is he is he is. Um, Sh- should we should we talk about something fun, something happy, a joyous occasion, Dan? As we've been so doom and gloom for the last few minutes. I hope you're going to say what I go on. What are you going to go with? Uh, well, in with the one hundredth and one hundred and eighty ninth pick of the two thousand eighteen NHL draft, the Arizona Coyotes were proud to select Liam Kirk of Sheffield, England. Go on, son. Go ahead, lad. Go, on. go ahead, lad. Poor boy. Fucking right. lad, get in there. Momentous occasion, and then yesterday you got drafted eighth overall in the uh, in the CHL import draft by the Peter Repeats. So he's likely going to end up playing in the OHL next year. 
It's yep. fantastic. Fantastic. I'm so excited. Me too. I can't wait. Now, I was going to say, I was going to say is like, I wanted. To, I had him on the run sheet last week, but then I took it off because I thought, oh God. Because the rumor was, was that he was going to get picked. But then I thought, oh, what if we spend like ages talking about him and sort of like saying, oh, it's going to be awesome. And then he doesn't get picked because <laughs> there was a chance. You never know. And I thought, fuck, I thought, I'm not going to do it. I don't want to jinx the poor lad. I'm just going to leave it. And then if he gets picked, we'll talk about it then. So, yeah, I'm fucking I mean, stoked. It's so it, cool. It's it's incredible. It's incre- I'm, I'm so buzzing for the fact that, yeah, hopefully he, he does report to Peter Brill. Like, there's been all, all sorts of reports that he he wants to play in the CHL and that. Because I, I just want to see what he how good he actually is. Yeah. Like he's he scored fourteen points in what thirty five games or forty games or whatever it was in the IHL this year against men playing on the fourth line, which is impressive, really impressive. But I don't have that marker for right. What does yeah? You know, if he'd if he'd done that in the SHL, I'd have more of an idea of what that is. If he'd done it in the KHL, I'd have more idea of how that translates to to peers in the NHL and junior systems. But yeah, to see how he does in the OHL is going to be thoroughly interesting and exciting. Yeah, it's it, you know what it is it's like it's like how many how good is a sixty goal scorer in the Vanarama Conference if he plays in the Championship, and then how good is he if he then goes to play in the Premiership? And it's the same like how do those stats compare? And um, yeah, he set the record though. Did he? he was the most points ever, wasn't it? For like for an eighteen year old um, in the Elite League, sure. yeah, in the Elite League, yeah. Um, Oh, it's just amazing, and it was so cool. Just watch I watched the, uh, the like the video and stuff, and it's just so funny hearing a Yorkshire accent. <laughs> it's like, and he's, he's such a thing. kid as well. Like he, he yeah, seems God, he looks so, so young. young. God, I guess it doesn't help because obviously hockey shirts are massive. But when he put his Coyotes jersey on, I just thought, oh my God, he's a boy. He looks like such a boy. He's like they're gonna kill him. And he's not. He's like he's bigger than me, for fuck's sake. But yeah, he's he's bloody enormous. Like, yeah, he's like, I think what is he six foot six one or something? He's he's quite quite uh, spry though. He's only like hundred and fifty pounds or something. That's still like. But that's a that's probably, a, you know that's a frame to fill out, isn't it? He's got the frame yeah, there to fill out to. So that's that that's what's going to be interesting. Like, um, I think you know, let's make no bones about it. He's not going to be a top six threat, or likely not going to be a top six threat in the NHL, but. Mate, if even if if he's basically our answer to Nate Walker, I'll be through the moon. Like I, I can I can safely say I've never been more invested in a single player's career than than I feel invested in in Kirkies because like he's he's a great white hope, isn't he? He is. He is. It's the it, best. It's it's nice that I don't know whether they're just cashing in on the gimmick or not. But did you see that like the Coyotes did a, a a Twitter takeover thing with him the day after the draft? I did, and and it's just nice that you know they're doing that sort of stuff. He's not just an afterthought. Like you see, it seems like they are they are embracing him and and do want him more than just oh we'll draft him. It makes a bit of news and then just forget about him sort of thing. No, it's true. It's so, yeah. There's there's ten thousand registered players in the UK. Ten thousand registered hockey players in the UK. Um, which gives you an idea when there's countries like what there's seventy million people here. And there's only ten thousand registered to play. Yeah, <laughs> registered to play hockey. Ridiculous. <laughs> Which is ridiculous. You think that that wouldn't even feel like a conference ground? Wow. 
No, it wouldn't wouldn't fill a League Two ground. No, yeah, there's League. There's probably League Two teams will get. Um, but yeah, fifteen thousand out of that, wouldn't they? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Just yeah, beautiful bit of news. Just the best. I'm so happy. I'm so. Happy. It's like um, you feel. I don't know. I think. I hope he doesn't kind of get the weight of like the like the weight of the hockey in this country on his shoulders and kind of start to worry up. I hope he just think, you know, just go and play your game, Liam. Just it's fine. We're all very happy for you. No pressure now. Just go and have fun and play, and we'll see you. You know, hopefully see you in a few years as a fucking six one, <laughs> hundred ninety five pound behemoth <laughs> just wrecking people. It's gonna be I, awesome. I, I think to an extent that's why it's good that he's he's gonna go to the CHL and not carrying on playing in the elite league obviously because it's it's with his own his own peer group and and to an extent it's a better way you know a better path to the nhl but he's he's going to be away from that not there's going to be you know it's not going to have people talking about him on bloody this morning it's not going to be hounded like he's bloody harry kane or anything but but yeah i think you're right to get him away from any pressure of of being you know a, a big game changing figure in british ice hockey it's uh yeah, let's it's up. gonna be exciting. Really exciting. I'm looking forward to uh to the world championships next year when he when he comes back, goes yeah. a point per game and, and GB get the gold. <laughs> let's just hope he doesn't get a tattoo of a gun on his leg, because that'll be it, that'll be the end of him. Well at least he'll be wearing pads and socks over it, so no one'll ever see it. That's yeah, true. No one'll ever see it, hopefully. Ah <sighs> just the best. You know what? Let's finish there. Let's finish on some good stuff. So it's a good good place to end it. Um, good place to end it. I want to uh, I want to think. Is there anything else that's worth chatting? I mean, there's all the shit in the draft, but whatever. We don't we don't know what we're talking about. No, like Kirk's Kirk's the only, it's a shame you didn't go in the first round as you predicted. But um, I listened to um, I listened to the PDO cast after we did the show in regards to the draft. And it was like, after my little mini rant last week, like, no one knows what they're talking about. Fucking Dimitri and his guest, who I can't remember, just got it, like, both got it way off, like, completely wrong. And like, <laughs> just like, no one knows. So, see, these guys, like, that's their job. They're professionals, and they don't even fucking know. And so you got fucking Fleur de Meur fucking in Montreal doing his seven fucking round projections. And like, shut the fuck up. Like, fucking hell. <clears throat> I didn't. I fucking. Did you see Philip Zadner's quote? Oh, yes. What the one about um, in Montreal? <laughs> I'm going to pick him. Yeah. I was, was going to fill their, fill their net with pucks. I thought that was not only the... an incredible thing to say and a beautiful way of putting it. Fill your net with pucks. Ah, oh, God, it's beautiful. If anyone's got any goddamn sense, they'll be printing out t shirts as we speak because that was fucking. I love that. So there's nothing. Nothing drives a man more than anger, and I will I will fucking show you that I can do this. <laughs> like letting him drop to six. That's oh. l- ludicrous, absolutely ludicrous. Like I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, and I love, like, I can't, I can't knock the Coyotes too much because John Chaker's doing as well as he can with uh, with what he's got, but. That Barrett Hayton pick again. I don't know much about prospects, but I know enough that. That's a bit of a, a one out of left field and like Philip Zadina's fucking next level. But yeah, Montreal and Ottawa passing over him. It's just, just you can't make it up, can you? 
Did we talk about last week, like, just quickly, so we got last week, like, <laughs> would you take the best player available or a player to fill a need? Because that's obviously what Montreal did. They took a player to fill a hole, which is centre, instead of taking the best, well, what everyone said was the best player available, which was um, obviously Zadina. So, do you, what would you do? Best player available eight, eight days yeah, a week. I, yeah. And, best and even if you don't want that player, <clears throat> you'd say, say they're taking Zadina. And they think, all right, we've got enough scoring wingers, so we don't necessarily need Zadina. You either end up in the in the position where, right, you get rid of Zadina to someone to swap in for something, you know, to fill a need. Like you could you could trade Philip Zadina for a, for a top six centre, I'd imagine, or at least a middle six centre, and probably get something on top of that. Or you trade away one of the other scoring wingers that you've already got. So in theory, you get a better version of what you already have, and you can get something else as well. No, I agree. It's, uh, I, was it's, it's like, I was amazed. Um, I was amazed Montreal didn't draft Zadina and then tell him he was playing centre. Yeah. Was, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I love no, We know you play left wing, huh? We want you to play centre. I, I play left wing. Ah, you play centre. <laughs> they've, they've flipped the script a bit this time because it's going to be, oh, 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 yes, Barry Coco near me. Welcome to Montreal. You have played centre your entire career. Oh, we, we, we need a left sided defenseman. Thank you very much. You will be playing with Shea. <laughs> Been ridiculous and it again it's with the whole taking the best player available it's such a subjective thing with even with scouts within a single organization let alone scouting departments across the league montreal might in their heart of hearts believe that in the long run yes because is going to be a better player than philip zina is so i'd uh, i can't i can't you know rag on them too much because we just don't know we just don't know like uh Great example, when the Stars picked Ty Delandria at 13th, I was thinking, oh, for fuck's sakes, like, Joe Valeno's right there. He, in my, you know, layman, minimal knowledge of the draft, seems to be a better player than Ty Delandria. Why haven't you taken him? Via NHL Yes, he is. (laughs) Well, he's a medium elite, and this guy's only a medium top six, so I'm going to take the medium elite. Um, True. But like then, yeah. then in in hindsight, like Valeno's dropped to thirtieth, so something's going on there. Like there's some sort of red flag with Joe Valeno. I think not necessarily off ice or anything, but there's something that twenty nine teams don't think he's a first round pick. Um, and then just articles and interviews with Ty Delandria. He seems like he's going to be a good player, and he's got the right sort of attitude towards being a pro to succeed in the league. So it's like. Even in a few days of just a bit of extra intel, and a, you know, let alone all the other information that scouts and general managers have around the league, it can change your opinion on on what seems to be a stupid pick at the time. No, true. Well, like I say though, you never know, do you? you never know. I mean, Jesus, the Red Wings could come out of this with two absolute mega steals. Oh my God, absolutely. I mean, and I think they got God. someone in the second round as well that I really liked. I forget who it was. I oh, did they? I didn't. I didn't see that. Because I know they they got Zadina and Valeno, and Valeno works out. That's fucking beautiful. And in the second round, Dan, uh, the Red Wing Hockey Club of Detroit, based in Michigan, Michigan, in the United States. United States there, yeah. North America. North America. There are actually 52 states. Not a lot of people know that. 52 states, uh, including Alaska and Hawaii. Um, Arkansas, 
Yeah. Uh, and uh, obviously, as I was saying, so I've gotten a little bit sidetracked with the thirty-five pick. They took they picked um Jonathan Bergren, who looks like he could be a fantastic steal in in the second round. So that's three quality forwards that they've picked up, and I, I like what the uh, what the Islanders did as well. I think the Islanders had a fantastic uh, fantastic draft as well. It's um yeah, and and the Rangers as well for that matter. I think some some teams have done fantastically. Rebuild the hoy. Yeah, from where you're gonna to have to when your top line centre's Matt Barzell. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh JT. There we go. Circularity folks. That's how you fucking bookend the show. Right there. Ah oh, that was good. Alright. That was good. Shout out to Joe. Shout out to Joe. Let's fucking uh, let's do one. Twitter, as you know, at Dan Straight Edge. Will, you are at W-E-V-E-V-E-R-E-T-T at 2Brit1Puck. We will always reply. Well, I will always reply to you. Will doesn't know that exists, but that's fine. Uh, no, I haven't got any thumbs down. That's quite rude. It's true. Sorry, I forgot about that. That's why they call you uh, Eight Fingers uh, Everett. I know. Any last words, Will? <laughs> um, I'd, no, I don't think so. Bring on, bring on July 1st. Bring on... Um, some ridiculous contracts. Riley, Riley Nash is going to get overpaid. Um, hey, bring yeah. on, bring on, bring on Columbia on uh, on Tuesday night. Bring it on, get out of here, Radamel. I do, I do worry about Hammers Rodriguez making England look like absolute muppets. Not if he's not fit. He came, he limp, he came out the other game, didn't he? Because he wasn't fit. But did he? Come on, mate. Yeah, he came off. Yeah, yeah, he came off as a sub against um, against Senegal. It's too, too much, too much football going on, Dan. I can't, can't keep up with it. Oh shit, there was one thing I wanted to say. Did you see Maradona? <laughs> Did I see okay. Maradona? What a guy. I assume, I, assume, I, assume, I assume any, even if you're not a 40 fan, you know who Diego Maradona is. He was at the Argentina-Nigeria game. Argentina had to win to qualify for the knockout stages. Argentina scored in the 86... Marcus fucking Rojo with the... like Abs- the Absolute volley. finish. Like the, the cleanest volley you've seen in the I tournament. <laughs> Absolute peach. So what does Maradona do? Leans over the guardrail where he sat, flips the double bird at the Nigeria fans and just shouts, Puta! <laughs> oh, is that what he shouts as well? Yeah. That's amazing. Like, and he's owl. leaning over so much that if that yeah. guy in the Argentina top wasn't holding him back, he'd have he fallen down and he'd have been in a brawl with some Nigerian fans, which I think is the great travesty of the week that we didn't get to see that. Oh, God, it was the best. It was the best. I died laughing. I nearly died laughing. I just like, loved everything about that so much. He's such an arsehole, but I... <laughs> I like, I love it. I love it. He's so, uh, he's the he's the villain the world needs. Absolutely, Maradona. We still love you after what, even after what you did. Oh, you know what a man. No, we we still love to hate you. As I think, as I think the yeah. uh, the the truth of it. <laughs> no, but you know what? I'm turning the corner now. If he starts doing that every game, it's just like just flipping off all the fans, shouting stuff at him in Spanish. <laughs> it was it was funny because I was watching that game with my father-in-law, and uh, he's of a certain age that he was. Uh, well, let's just say that he saw the uh, saw saw Bobby Moore <laughs> lift the trophy. Um, oh, okay. So he, he he watched the hand of God live, and um, and when uh, yeah when Maradona did that against, for the Nigerians, he was livid. Like he hates Maradona <laughs> to the core of his being. 
I didn't until the other night, and I'm just I'm turning the corner now. <laughs> and then he went into the back after the game, didn't he? He had to go into the back and get like medically tested because they thought they thought he'd have like a heart attack or something. <laughs> I, I saw that headline floating around, and I thought that was like a completely separate incident. It was like, oh shit, that happened, and then he tried to have a fight with an entire nation. Fair play, Maradona. <laughs> Oh, maybe it may. Well, maybe it did. Maybe it did. Either way, fucking hell, the man's just the one-man wrecking machine, isn't he? He's what, just like what a guy. Have you seen that? Have you seen that clip of him on the plane on that private jet? No. <laughs> right, he's on a private jet. Clearly, smacked off his fucking tit, <laughs> and he's got he's got a shot glass in the crease of his elbow, and he he kind of he brings. I'm trying to do the motion myself now. He brings the shot glass using his elbow to his mouth and downs it and goes, yeah! But next to him on the fucking window is a humongous fucking Asda-sized carry this bag for the rest of your life bag of coke. (laughs) (laughs) Just in plain view. Not trying to hide it. The fucking caravan doesn't care. Nope, just right there. Just a giant bag of fucking coke right there. (laughs) If if you're Maradona, why not? Yeah, yeah. Well, you're Argentinian him. Jesus. They showed him. <clears throat> they showed Carlos Valderrama and Rene Higuita, like the old Colombian players watching Carlos the Colombian Valderrama. game. And after they won, I thought, "Fuck! Imagine the party tonight at their hotel." Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be fucking women and devils dust as far as the eye can see. <laughs> I, I really hope one last little note on the World Cup. I hope that Messi turns into Maradona. I know they've had different um, on-pitch personalities, shall we say, but I just if we get to 20 years down the line and, and Messi's just fat and coked out of his nut, that'll be... I can die a happy man then. Messi just goes full prick, just doesn't care anymore. Like, like Ronaldo to turns into Pele and, uh, and yeah, Messi turns, oh, Messi turns yeah. into Maradona. Oh, that'd be awesome. That'd be Did awesome. You, all right, one last thing, last thing. Did you see the Maradona, <laughs> the, uh, the Pele quote, rather? No. Um, it was, um, oh, do you think uh, the the 1970s Brazil squad could beat today's Argentina squad? And uh, and Pele says, yeah, I think we could. And uh, the interviewer says, oh, what would the score be? Pele says, oh, pro- probably only 1-0. It's like, oh, cool, just just 1-0. That stacked a team. Why do you think it would only be 1-0? And Pele, cool as you like. Well, I mean, we're all in our mid seventies now, so we wouldn't really do. We haven't got the fitness. <laughs> Still throwing shade. I love it. Still throwing what? shade at that age. What Just a guy! At each other. I love it. All right, let's get out of here. Take it easy, folks. We'll see you later. Peace.